Good morning, America. This is the Cats Roundtable. John Cats and Keys here Sunday morning. The world. Where the heck are we? Where is Russia? Where is Ukraine? How is it affecting the whole world? The threats that the Russians are making. Where are we with that? Is that a lot of crap or is that real? With us today is uh, one of the most qualified people I know to answer the question is uh, General Jack Keane, a four-star general. He's been there. He's been all the way in the top. Good morning, General Keene. How are you today? Oh, that's great. Uh, wonderful to talk to you, John, and your audience. Thank you. I'm going to give you the floor to, uh, to, to try to give the American people the pulse of what you think is going on. Yeah, well, in terms of the war uh, in Ukraine, the Russians have some military momentum where they've been able to take some territory in the eastern part of the Donbass region. This is the region where the Russians have always been present since 2014. They only occupied about a third of it uh, in, in those eight years. So now they've taken some more territory, and they're, they're trying to take uh, another 40 to 50 percent of it. Uh, but they're going to struggle quite a bit because the casualties and the equipment losses that they've taken since April have been devastating. Meanwhile, uh, our Ukrainian friends are preparing, uh, sensing there is a vulnerability here among the Russians, are preparing to conduct a counteroffensive. And what's going to be critical here is they have the skill, they have the will, they've got the people. What they really need is uh, all the ammunition and the equipment to do this. And by far, the, the United States is the number one contributor to, uh, to it. I'm frustrated with some of the Europeans uh, who are not providing as much as they can, uh, particularly the NATO Europeans, because of the contingency that uh, we may have a war with Russia. Well, the, the war with Russia is here. It's being fought in Ukraine. And we... Those, are, those countries should be taking, accepting some operational risks and emptying stockpiles like the United States is doing and be all in with the Ukrainians because we do have an opportunity to defeat the Russian military inside of Ukraine, which would set back any aggression that Putin would have to attack uh, a NATO country uh, certainly in the next several years. It just could not happen uh, after a military defeat. And that opportunity is there, and, I, and I, I hope, but I doubt the Europeans are going to be all in uh, with that. But that's what we're going to see over the next several weeks and months, uh, finishing the summer and leading in, into the fall. If the Ukrainians are unsuccessful, John, and not, and not able to take significant territory back, then we're likely going to fall into a stalemate with the Russians and the Ukrainians. And any kind of stalemate where... Uh, things are frozen in place will favor the Russians uh, because they're inside Ukrainian territory with tens of thousands of more troops occupying a little bit more territory and, and growing and building their forces to eventually over time, just grind the Ukrainians down. So the next several weeks and months are going to be very, very critical. General, uh, last week we had Admiral Stavridis on who, Right, yeah, Supreme uh, Allied Commander. Yeah. Supreme okay. Allied Commander. Thank you for the uh, correction. And uh, it, it sounds like the Russians and the Ukrainians are listening to our Sunday radio show because they both responded. Admiral Stavridi says that he thinks it's going to fall into a stalemate and you're going to have a 
a Korean-type solution in the next four to six months. And the Russians went crazy, and the Ukrainians went crazy in their own way. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the opportunity is to avoid that if the Ukrainians can be successful with their counteroffensive. There's no certainty they're going to be successful. But all I can describe to our audience is the opportunity is there. And it's going to be somewhat dependent on the United States and our European allies to be absolutely all in with the ammunition and equipment that they need. Our objective, I believe, in Ukraine, as are most of the Europeans, with the exception of the United Kingdom, at least when uh, Boris Johnson is prime minister, and he still is, our objective, in my judgment, and we, and we, we have a lot of rhetoric surrounding why we're in there, uh, you know, to, to protect an independent sovereign state and guarantee that to strategically defeat Russia. But I think our objective in reality is, is to help Ukraine sufficiently enough so that they have leverage going into negotiations with the Russians. That, to me, is fundamentally misguided. We have an opportunity to truly defeat the Russians inside Ukraine, and that should be our objective. We don't get the blame. The European community doesn't get the blame. Let them fight, them out, fight it out in the Ukraine. Well, I mean, what better deterrence do the NATO countries in Europe have than to defeat the Russian military once and for all, and certainly that military then would be in no shape whatsoever to conduct any attack on NATO, which would be much more challenging for Russia than certainly fighting uh, in Ukraine. Russia so, threatened us uh, that uh, do, not, uh, do, not, do not allow uh, Finland or Norway into the European community or into the uh, NATO. They threatened us that they had the capabilities of taking out both coasts uh, of the United States with their weapons. They've threatened us that they can take out uh, one of our uh, uh, aircraft carriers. Do you believe any part of it at all? Well, the Russians have the capability to pretty much do as they're describing. Uh, certainly nuclear war would uh, dramatically change the United States and the world as we know it, that there was a nuclear exchange, and certainly the, the devastation would be even more than what they're describing. Certainly all of that capability is there, and, and but I think most of this is just brandishment on their part because they think they can get inside the head of our president and our, and our administration and to a larger extent the American people by creating fear. If the United States escalates by providing certain types of weapons, then you're going to suffer consequences, and we may have to indeed uh, use our nuclear weapons. Well, just think about that for a second. I mean, right now, the, you, the Russians have got all the war they could possibly deal with in Ukraine. Their casualties are staggering. Putin is so afraid uh, to go to full mobilization, which would be able to get him tens of thousands of more troops into the fight. And the reason he doesn't want to do that, because that signals to the Russian population that he's losing the war. And and. And that is something that he is very concerned about. He doesn't want to lose the support of his, of his population. So Russia has huge problems right now, significant ones. And that is why they're desperate and throwing out this fear-mongering. And I think what we have to do is be steady, be firm, uh, have our wits about us, 
in what really is reality here. And I agree with you, some of the sanctions in the near term aren't working that well, principally because Russia's making more money on oil this year than they did last year. In the longer term, those sanctions are going to take a significant impact on them. Uh, and I hope that the sanctions stay. This is not about going into negotiations or removing the sanctions. Russia has to pay a price for the war crimes they committed for the horror that they have bestowed on the Ukrainian people. And those sanctions have got to stay in, in place, in my judgment, indefinitely. Last, General, last question. Uh, there sure. was an incident last week uh, about uh, this Russian uh, aircraft, uh, uh, the Antonov, that went from Serbia, and for some reason it crashed. And it was on the way to uh, uh, someplace else, I forget. It had crashed in northern Greece, and it was full of weapons, and the insinuations were there, weapons that Ukraine got, they were selling them to somebody else for cash. Have you heard any update on that? Russia is running a disinformation campaign surrounding Ukraine, uh, and that the, the disinformation is uh, that Ukraine is receiving weapons and they're selling them off uh, for cash, as opposed to providing those weapons uh, to their own troops. Uh, I, I understood, but the plane did crash and it was full of weapons. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that is, what the intent is there, but what I can tell you about the disinformation campaign, our intelligence services are monitoring. That's real. So they, they, are, they are putting out a false narrative about that. Now, could there be at some levels inside of Ukraine where some, some people are taking some weapons and selling them on the black market for cash as opposed to getting them into the hands of, of the Ukrainian troops? Yes. Could that certainly be happening on, on, on some kind of a modest level? Yes. But listen, we know for a fact that our howitzers, our ammunition, uh, our HIMARS, and other things have gotten into the hands of the Ukrainians. We know that is working, and we see the results of it. We have exquisite intelligence every single day of what is going on in that battlefield. I'm talking about the United States. Understood. We, of what, Understood. Uh, what we see is happening there. And we know what's going on there. I don't buy into the fact that there's some high-level corruption going on and Ukrainian weapons are being siphoned off and are going so someplace else. There's no evidence uh, to support that. Understood. General uh, Jack Keane, uh, retired four-star general, former vice chief of a staff of the United States uh, Army uh, and uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom uh, uh, recipient, thank you so much for everything you've done for America and continue to speak out for America. We're there by your side because this November we have to make sure America goes in the right direction. Thank you so much. Yeah, great talking to you, John, and your audience. And a born and raised New Yorker, by the way. Well, that's right. We, me, and you talked about it. Thank you. And 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 uh, when you get back to New York, we'll 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 have a scotch over it. All right, you got it.